There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Falling Pieces. I'm Terry. A podcast dedicated to the NBC series Debris. I'm Sean Fangirl-ass. Exclusively on the Fangirl Zone, I'm Steve. Holy crap! <laughs> yeah. Mind blown. Did no. Answers? <laughs> no. More questions. Tons of but, questions. Uh, but... This was Sean's episode then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like, I should have been just writing all my questions down, seriously. Uh, but... I feel like we got a little bit of information based off of what I said about going online and watching it so you can hear what happens in the credits. Right. I feel like this show finally gave us some of that credit information. Yeah. Yeah. So I was super excited about it, but I'm still like, what happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. And an awesome cameo that we were, none of us were expecting. I no. think, I don't think, no, I will was. say, uh, as far as I know, nobody got screeners for this. No. Yeah. Press wise. And yeah. I think that's a hundred percent the reason because I don't think anybody would have been able to keep that under wraps. No. I, mean, I was like bouncing in my seat because I was like, I can't believe he's on here. I know, I know. I was like, Whoa. It was a squee moment. Yeah. It was. It was a squee. <laughs> the squee heard around the world. I was a squee boy. <laughs> <laughs> I was a teenage squee boy. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a whole nother genre. That's there. a whole other podcast there. <laughs> Steve, we got some ratings. Yes, we do. Episode 12 brought in 2.45 million viewers with a 0.37 rating in adults 18 to 49. <sighs> and the preliminary numbers for the season finale. Brought in 2.48 million viewers with a 0.3 rating in adults 18 to 49. Uh, all right. Uh, riddle me this, riddle me that, bad man. So the the next to the last episode gets 2.45 million, gets a 0.37 rating. Now, the next one gets 30,000 more viewers, 2.48 million, but the rating is 0.30. Well, how that, how do you I'll, get I'll explain th- this one because yeah, I do, do have an explanation. Million? Yeah, how oh, do you good. get 30,000 more viewers, but your your rating number goes down? How does that work? Well, the episode 12 ratings, or actually almost all the ratings that I get, get yeah. from a website called Showbuzz Daily. Okay. Okay. And so they extend... That 18 to 49 rating to 
three digits. Well, okay. they had updated their website and it was down for a while. And then when it came back up, it was still only showing episode 12. It hadn't gotten past that two Mondays ago. Okay. So I had to go to Spoiler TV to get the episode 13 preliminary numbers. Okay. And they don't round to three digits on the 18 to 49 rating. They use two for every show. So, yeah, it's probably a 0.37, just like the previous episode in almost every episode we've had this season. Yeah, it's got to be at least a 0.37 or a 0.38, depending on how many viewers you get to knock up another notch. Well, and you also got to remember, it's also counting the total number of viewers that were watching TV that day, that time, that night. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. That just Is when I saw big going on that night, because honestly, I don't know. No, Monday. Well, you've got hockey playoffs. You've got the NBA playoffs. So, yeah, that could have affected it some, but. No, I still think it's a 0.37. Got to be at did. least. Yeah. Unless you need something like 50,000 or 100,000 to tick up the next hundredth of a point. point. Yeah, it's got to be at least 3.7. Yeah. So, okay. Well, that, that puts me a little more at ease. <laughs> okay. Good. Uh, overall, though, the numbers are like, come on, people. It's fall. Like I said, falling pieces, not falling ratings anyway. Yes. <sighs> Hopefully, Peacock is doing exactly the same numbers, and Hulu is yep. doing exactly the same numbers, and so we're really talking at about 7 million viewers and <laughs> yeah. a yeah. 1.0 rating or something, a 1.1 rating. That would be nice. That would be enough to get us, a de definitely enough to get us another season. Yeah. Well, you know what else would be nice? If they told us about another season, right. one way or another. Yeah. They're not going to yet. Well, the reports <sighs> are that I've seen that we should know something in June. No. So we'll it's see. It's so weird because we have other shows that haven't even had like their second season premiere yet. And there they're are, like, oh, and we're signed for season three. It's yeah. like, what? <laughs> we need more seasons of this. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think the squee heard around the world, Terry, might get us another season? Now that people know who our final guest was, so to speak, on the show? Well, it depends how quickly they go to watch it. If they're starting to count the uh, Live Plus 3 and Live Plus 7s, uh, there's a chance that, you know, that could uptick the ratings for the last episode. Then again, even if it does that, is NBC going to say that's enough of an uptick at the tail end? Right. Mm. That's the other thing. You know, then they'd probably go to JH and say, are you planning on having this person, you know, because he's so popular regularly? You right. know, because if you are, that might keep the former Fringe fans. Well, they're still Fringe fans, but the former, you know, uh, show when it was on fans, that might keep them coming. It might bring others. So it depends on how soon, once the word gets out, that people will watch it. So, you know, if, if they can do it within the week, you know, and if they they're slowly getting around counting the plus threes and plus sevens. If you release it, they will watch. Yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's out there. Steve, I think before we started recording, wasn't it Hulu you said? Or Yeah. 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 yeah it's all Hulu, on Hulu and Peacock. So go out and see it. So we'll see if that helps. Uh, you know, but then again, like I said, NBC might sit there and go, that was a really cool uptick. 
um, is that enough? You know, and they might leave it sitting on the fence for a while. We may not know in June right. one way or another. That's, yeah. That's still very possible. That's the only thing, uh, you know. They, so we'll have they to kill see. me with that when the show's doing it. It's like, oh. I know. I know. But, you know, the ratings are what they've been. So NBC's yeah. going to sit there and twiddle their thumbs for a little while, I think. So hopefully, hopefully June will know. That would be nice. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the actual, I'm going to say, season one finale, because I'm hoping for the season two, at least. This was entitled Celestial Body. Mm -hmm. Our first group of pieces include a woman waking up from a nap, and we see her husband and child, which, first of all, that was the creepiest looking baby. That was a fake baby. I know, but it's like, (laughs) why did the head look like it was on its chest and not like... Whereas above his shoulders, I'm like, whoa, get a better baby doll. But anyway. <laughs> that was a horrible baby doll. <laughs> God. They were laying in bed taking a nap and she leaves. I think <laughs> the person that did Brian's beard in Afghanistan found this baby <laughs> in the warehouse. <laughs> threw it on the set. Notice it's a little squished. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, honestly, when, when I seen her get up and leave, I'm like, wait. Was something with the baby? Was it supposed to be like she actually crushed the baby? Like, I was seriously wondering if it was something like that. But then she just arrives at a quarry, gets out, and you see all these cars. All of them have their door open. Because all you hear is the, you know, pinging sound from the door. And all I kept thinking is, all those batteries are going to be dead really soon. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But she walks up to the top. And, uh, and of course, I'm tweeting out because I'm a jerk. I'm like, oh, this is the worst flash mob ever. <laughs> <laughs> they're all in a trance, just staring in the same direction. And suddenly they get very sad. I'm like, okay, not the kind of flash mob I think anybody wants. But no. yeah, nope. And next thing we know, Maddox calls Brian and Finola and tells them that Ash, who apparently is riddled with debris has escaped and it's like well how and i love how he just so calmly says well he killed the guard and then he shocked himself with the defibrillator and then just transported it's like is this normal (laughs) i mean seriously the way he says it like oh yeah okay let me just explain it really quick since you don't get it it's like what seriously dude this is not like everyday occurrence well, it could be like we did on Fringe, like as time went on, you know, Walter would start describing stuff that not even people outside the team, let alone the team itself, would sit there and go, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just saying that. So could you say that again or give us a little more detail? You know, so could be that. Could be we're still in this alternate, not yet back where it should be reality. We get a hint of something along those lines later. <laughs> Maybe he was shocked and it was like, I don't know how else to say this. Maybe he was waiting for his order from the Chinese restaurant to come and he was distracted. He was hungry. Yeah. He should have a Snickers. He was hangry. That's what it was. <laughs> he was hangry. <laughs> and when they get off the phone with him, Fanula is just, well, she's a little angry. <laughs> She's like, as long as Influx is out there, my dad will never be safe. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. But at this point, it's like, okay, yeah, they must be coming for him, right? You would think, seeing that they had him to find that map piece, so. Sure. 
you would think that they would be coming for him. Yep. yep. <laughs> and we get to go to George near the antenna, right? And he's looking through some binoculars. I'm like, is he trying to see how far away they are so he can hurry up and get his stuff? What's going on? No, he sees a weird Sandman kind of creature, you know, yeah. kind of like out of Sandman, out of like Spider-Man. I thought it looked like a weird creature made of bees. <laughs> yeah, kind of drawn like that too. Yeah, I was like the who bee suit. That's that's hardcore. I think I'll stay away. Thanks, but and just big and bulky, and I couldn't figure it out. And I will tell you, and I'm skipping to the end, all the way to the end. I'm like, I still don't know what the heck this is. I'm like, next thing you know, the tooth child is going to show up, okay? Because it was just weird. <laughs> I was freaking out. I got <laughs> like one that was something for a nightmare. You, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Ming. Uh oh. What? Yep. I that just would about be a good presumption. you it's Ming. That'd be a good presumption. Yep. No. Yeah. Yes. Well, think about, and we, Brian finally tells more details to Finola, but think about who Brian mentions based on the guest appearances one line to him about what happened to him and some other people at another debris event and how we've seen one of those other people earlier in the season. So I think Steve is spot on that that's who that is. I'm trying to be as ambiguous as I can. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> yeah, you know. Okay, I am sitting here literally with my mouth open. I'm like, Sean has questions. What a shot. <laughs> Must be an episode of Falling Pieces. Holy moly. <laughs> but... All right. Well, let's move on because I will sit here and think about this all day going. Oh. And see, I was expecting it. Look, it, it wasn't defined. It kind of looked like he, I thought he was going to see like when he turned the antenna on um, a couple episodes ago that he would just see that mist in the distance like he saw. Right. Yeah. What looked like a mist. Right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden here comes, you know, Sandy B-Man. And, <laughs> yeah. It's so weird now. Now that I have to watch this again, now I'm kind of like the kind of like the early days of computer graphics. Let's right, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Me. Going it's, old yeah. school makes it creepier. It's Peter Pixel coming down the street. Wait, it gets better. We oh, have yeah. George in his aluminum foiled Superman <laughs> come out. He's like, ah, okay, ah, let's go, ah, chop chop. I love her. He's like, come on, let's get in the car, let's go. I'm like, okay. I love how Brian and Finola though are looking like, uh, yeah. you see this, right? Like looking at each other, like mm -hmm. I'm not crazy. He is, right? That's yeah. what's happening. Yeah. He's just like, we have to leave, and he kept looking back. And when you kept seeing him look back, right at that point, I would have just been like, all right, get in the car. <laughs> oh, you yeah. know something's up. <laughs> oh yeah. The foil <laughs> tape was a little weird, but you know what? Let's go because he's creeping me out now too. Yeah, I love the way he used the radiation from the antennas as his excuse for having it on i know <laughs> no no yeah wait no. doesn't finola call him on that too yeah i think she says something about it yeah and he tries to explain it away and then he's like busy getting into the car like we have to leave we have to leave i love brian's Man -man's coming yeah i love <laughs> i love brian's side eye because both of them are like completely befuddled by george and brian is kind of giving him the side eye like Yo, <laughs> this is not right. I will tell you, I noticed a huge change by, well, not even the end of the episode, about midway mm -hmm. through with Brian. Like, 
Mm. He has changed so much since episode one. Yeah. And so I'm glad we actually had a character kind of grow and have a decent arc and not just be the same. "Ah, I'm not going to trust anybody. You're not my partner kind of thing. But that's like a whole different story. So let me go back to the quarry where we end up with all the people. And apparently a whole lot more people have arrived. And they're facing east. I don't know how they figured that out that quickly, but yeah, good for you. They're all waving at me. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. No, they're uh, all looking Brian. for the debris. Yeah, but nobody's moving. Right. Yeah, they aren't looking for it. They're just looking towards it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It, Brian's like, oh, guys, we're not wearing protective suits. And I love George. like, oh, it's too late for that. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> I can see Brian going, I, maybe I wanted to have kids, you know? <laughs> maybe I needed something. Hello. And George, George was kind of getting squirrely. Yep. I say kind of because more so. Suspicious. Than- yes. Well, the fact that he, when Brian mentions the suits, George starts by saying they weren't designed for this type of debris. Right. Like, well, he already knows know. what it is. Yeah, it's like, well, isn't debris debris? And every time you're going real close, you put on a suit. Yep. Right. <laughs> so, but that's where it's... dodging Brian's question. Yeah. Which, that yeah. just felt odd, too. It's like, you'll answer Fanola, but you won't answer Brian. It's like, what, you're suddenly going to ignore him? Uh, we, we, find, we kind of find a reason why he might have done that. Oh, oh yeah. I think... Okay. I think it was just yeah. I think it was. I think it was just generally squirrely, but I think we may have a reason later. Yeah. Then we get really weird stuff. I know, strange and falling pieces. Things got weird. But coming back to what the the guys said, both I think both of you said it like first episode that it seems to be very emotional driven. Mm -hmm. We have the crowd start laughing. And then stop. And then start angrily screaming, almost like it was a bad call at a game. Right. Maybe they were watching the hockey finals. I don't know. <laughs> but, Reminded me of some of my ex-girlfriends. Or the St. Louis Blue fans right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, with that call. Well, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> um, and then it just stops abruptly. And I love Brian's like, what is happening? And George, it's beautiful. Yeah, we definitely have different ideas of beautiful mm-hmm. because this was creeping me out. I don't know. Yeah. And George was just enjoying it. And that yes. was, just seems so weird that he's, oh, it's a, it's a mo- emotional convergence. And he's laughing with them and just checking them all out. And it's just like, where's the scientist? Yeah, I know. Even I uh, even uh, Sean had sent a message to us on Facebook about I'm not going to get the right wording, but basically this isn't the same George. Right. This is like another version of George again. And it is. I mean, he's dressed like the George we've seen, you know, in our supposed regular time. But this isn't, you know, you know, George V version one. Right. <laughs> you know. That's or, what made me start thinking, because we see um, Brian and Fanola checking the cars for licenses and identifications and stuff. And Fanola talking about how the crowd's affected, but they're not. And the next thing you know, Brian notes George's conditions. And, and he's like, 
he doesn't remember everything, but we're following him basically without questioning. And this is where I'm like, okay, Brian is figuring something out. Right. Because like you said, th- he this is a totally different George than what we've seen. Yeah. I can't say episode one, but just um, the first episode he'd been in. Right. Where he was saved. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. what's happening? What does Brian have something? Or is it kind of like that back of your mind? You're like, something isn't quite right. I mean, the George that we would know would probably like, Finola and Brian were when they're having these emotional things and then they stop and another emotional thing and they stop. He'd be kind of, you know, maybe one eyebrow raised and kind of like, hmm, isn't that interesting? Or, you know, how is that happening? Kind of a thing. You know, he wouldn't be standing there going, it's beautiful. Because even when we seen Icarus and he was talking about in the two, two different episodes how he was helping and kind of not helping, but. It, it was a whole different person than what's going on now. Yeah. And again, I will get mad very soon. Don't worry. <laughs> Strap yourself in again. <laughs> George, using his weird little suitcase device, he found the piece of debris, which hindsight, I feel like he kind of knew where it was. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what was it, last episode, uh, they said, uh, or two episodes ago, and I think it was the last one, some of the um, the, the guy from Influx who uh, got, uh, who picked up um, Ash right. was saying another piece was found in Virginia, and that's where the quarry was in Virginia. And it's like, yeah, they knew where it was there. And then I think later on that episode or this one, they know that George is going there for it. So, oh, yeah. He he knew it was there. He he figured it out. That's how he uh, a couple episodes ago, or whatever it was, he got the machine or all the stuff to work properly. And he says to Fanola on the phone one or two episodes ago, "I found the other piece." Right. And it's in Virginia, you know. And it's like, wow. And that's where they say the guy tells Ash, you know, that uh, George has found the other piece. He goes, "He's a very smart man." Yeah. Or he's a genius or something like that. And it's like, yeah. So. George knew it was there. He just had to see specifically where, but he knew it was there. Sure. I was thinking that he kind of knew the specifics like the whole time. Yep. But I guess we'll have a little bit more information when we get to our next set of pieces. But before we get there, let's go talk to Julia, Maddox's wife, who, by the way, if you don't know, we did interview her. Check out the interview. She's awesome. Yes. (laughs) Um, But she was teaching that their son Dario, his name, which by the way, she did tell us spoiler from our interview that Christian Rose, who plays Dario, this is his first acting gig. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm like, oh well he's totally killing it right now. <laughs> well he's getting a break because he has, he doesn't have to memorize a lot of lines. <laughs> oh that's true. But I mean you have to express a lot. I wish Just I could have a eyes. gig where I would yeah. I wish I could have a gig where I didn't have to memorize hardly anything. That would be sweet. All the memories I've had to do when I did plays, learning whole scripts and stuff. Oh, I'd love a role like that. Yeah, but you but still, he super is super expressive. Yeah, he is. He is. He's... Without being super expressive, which it sounds weird, but. Yeah, like... like you said, it's just his eyes. That's all he's been. Yeah. The few times we've seen him. Yeah. Which I think was great. Yeah. But um, we also see Linda coming back from a shopping trip. So I'm assuming that this woman, Linda, is like somebody who helps out the family here and there, does the, does stuff that Julia's not able to. 
so she can take care of their son, Dario. Mm-hmm. And this is where I thought was weird because I felt like things felt a little out of sync because we see, next thing you know, we see uh, Julia go up to her bedroom and she's like looking at the pill bottles. Mm. And I was like, no. Exactly. (laughs) No, what are you doing? Because later we see her again downstairs. I'm like, okay, did she go up and downstairs a couple times or did just things didn't quite seem in sync to me? Well, you also got to remember, we've seen an episode where she met with the divorce lawyer Mm -hmm. and Maddox found her. Yeah. Then we go to another reality where she just leaves the divorce papers on the table. Yep. And now she's at home with her son. Oh my gosh, I didn't even put that together. Yeah. That well, it's not that even means necessarily it... the same reality where she had left the papers. Exactly. Well that's, well, that's why it would seem out of sync. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Sure. Sure. Now my brain is going to explode. Yeah, Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you could you could make the argument, and I'm not going to go with it, but I'm just saying you could make the argument. You know that she's so distraught. She meets with the law- lawyer, then she leaves the papers, and then because her being so distraught overwhelms her even having had the divorce papers left for Craig that seeing Dario again for the umpteenth millionth time in that state, you know, she might have decided divorce isn't going to solve how I feel. And you can see that emotionally it wouldn't. It would just, you know, when she met Maddox outside the restaurant there and she's telling him I can't take it. And then we get that glimpse that the accident was my fault. Right. You know, and I basically got out of it okay, and look what happened to our son. Well, you could you could draw kind of a straight line, but I'm, I'm I don't go with that. That's why I think it really was out of sync because, you know, like you said, Steve, that you know we went from this and this, now we're over here. Right? Yeah, we keep changing yeah. realities every single episode. It certainly does seem like it. So that's that. Sean is another answer to a question you may not have even known you had. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, really interesting though because i yeah. seriously never even contemplated that we were bouncing between the realities oh, seeing yeah. it. although i was worried because when we did talk to jennifer she's like oh the finale is great you're gonna love it and i was like is she gonna be in it because i kept thinking are we gonna get some weird reality where she's not her right <laughs> that would be tripping uh, that, yeah, I know. Can you imagine like how messed up that would really have me? Oh man. Talk about we all go a little mad sometimes. I'd be like, what is happening? <laughs> Speaking of mad, Maddox. Mm, can't I do not like him. I don't care what happened ultimately, and I don't even know which reality he is now. But I was mad because he was meeting up with that female Russian operative, Arena again. And she's scanning a piece of debris, which he obviously stole. Yep. And I was like, ah, oh, you need to be punched. <laughs> That's probably the one he took a couple episodes back from the shelf. That yes. the guy, guy said we didn't have any kind of, uh, you know, requisition for him. And he said, yeah, you know how these things go. That's probably the piece. Uh, more than likely. Mm-hmm. And then plus that guy, I think, is dead, isn't he? Like, I can't yeah. keep up with who's alive and who's dead. And those poor techs. That's all I'm saying. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to go back. For a moment and see Fanola observing the debris, maybe trying to find people in a certain sensitive emotional state, which 
I thought was interesting because they figured out that all of these people somehow were connected only by the fact that they'd all had newborns recently. Right. Yeah. And apparently that makes you in a super heightened state, which I will tell you, I don't know. I have kids. Steve will tell you. It's yeah. like, I can see them all being exhausted. Yeah. Because absolutely. babies are rough. <laughs> Your emotions, I'm sure, go through the ringer. So. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Absolutely, they do. And I thought back when she made that observation, I thought back to Brian's line, uh, uh, I think at the Afghan episode, Afghanistan episode where he said, or maybe a different one where he says to her, maybe the debris is experiencing us like we're experiencing it. Right. That line has stayed with me. So that kind of her observation kind of, you know, plugged right in or was a parallel to that, you know, emotional states. I kind of thought, the studying it might have been right. I think it might have been affecting people to see what, you know, what the responses. A, it could have been maybe the debris seeing if they can do that to humans. Maybe they can do it to other life forms. They wanted to see that. Or they wanted to see what the human response would be. Yep. What does anger look like? What does sadness and crying, you know, what does laughing and giggling look like? You know, and it could be learning. That reminds me of an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously, like they had Make a race of aliens so. who wanted to learn about certain emotions because mm -hmm. of their race oh, yeah. didn't have it. So that would that would be really interesting. And I wonder if I'll find anything out about that. Wasn't that the one that they had a good conversation with Data or something or other in that episode, I think, about emotions? Because right. Data had a couple of conversations with Picard about emotions over the series. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, once this hits Fanola, <laughs> why is why aren't they asking George where this the is what maker piece? This is what irked me. <clears throat> yeah, because George just kind of disappears, and they're like not even worried about this. I'm like, you literally said on the drive over, influx is after him, and he won't be safe. And you're like, oh, go ahead, walk away. Well, even Brian makes the observation: this is not map making. Right. Right. This, you know, and I'm, I'm like looking at the people and I'm like, unless you have a drone flying over them and they're standing in a pattern that shows a map, you can't, you, you can't see that. Yeah, of course, this is not map making. And that's, you know, Brian's figuring out this isn't just George being a little off. This is a ruse right. of some kind, you know, and Finola is still in the I'm not really sure what we're doing phase, but Brian has already kind of stepped at least one foot into there's some bull going on here. Even even Nick's the pod dog is kind of suspicious of George. Yeah, she was she was definitely suspicious. Yeah. So. <laughs> but maybe it was more of the next part. Because yeah. what do we see? This was a huge drum roll. Holy crap, that happened. Because we see the outside of a gas station, and Ash say to his cohort, what is taking him so long? And then out exits Otto, the influx big baddie. And who is it? None other than Walter Bishop himself, John Noble. I think... <laughs> Everybody freaked out. Oh, man. Yeah. Twitter exploded. Oh. oh, my God. I think it's a third version of Walter Bishop. Right. Um, it has to be. Yeah, this is like the purple universe. You know, <laughs> we, we had the red and the blue and fringe. This is a purple. Yeah, I got a pretty strong Walternate vibe from this one. Oh, big time. 
I was just like, oh my God, what's happening? I couldn't believe he was on. I was super excited. And Ash... Ash is like, oh, there's blood on his face. What What did you do? And he goes inside, and this really had me messed up. I'm like, what What the? There was choice words. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because we see, what, about five, four or five people? Yep. Like, super folded up and compacted. I'm like, Pretzelized. Yeah. What is that? And I'm like, oh, he apparently he's just a really serious yogi, and he wanted them all <laughs> the only yogi i know wants picnic baskets i don't know what yeah to... i'll tell you i will pass on that yoga because i was like what happened and were those not super creepy looking oh absolutely yeah. especially when they showed the face i'm like what the hell yeah and how did he do that i don't think we want to know I, yeah, I definitely don't I know, but how, I got worried every time he put his hand out later in the episode. Exactly. I loved how Ash, when he saw that, and and Otto kind of just passes it off, but Ash is like, I'm, you know, he gets out of the car, he thinks, I'm going to go look for myself, and he's just kind of standing there with this, like, oh, crap look on his face. Yeah. It's like, and, how do we hide this? Is and, and all he can do is, like, straighten out his jacket, you know, and he's just kind of standing there totally befuddled. You know, like, oh, my God, I'm I'm sure he, you know, it could have been he knew that Otto could do that or he might have never seen that before. But it was definitely an oh, crap moment for him. I was like, yeah, I think he felt very suspicious yeah. of Otto when he saw that drop of blood on his face and had yeah. to go in to see because I kind of get the feeling that Otto's goals don't quite match up with. George's ashes and <laughs> the other guys. That's I will why... tell you too, John Noble, his accent totally threw me off. <laughs> well, I wasn't sure about his accent because at first it sounded like he was trying to do uh, a faux, like a Russian or a German accent because he spoke so staccato and very briefly. Then later on, as the episode progressed and he had longer lines to say, his Australian accent came, came out. out. Yeah, I, I had no idea he was from Australia. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, I thought he was from England. <laughs> but you so know, that I, totally threw me. Because I was sitting there listening to his lines, and like I said, he had very short lines at first, a whole bunch of them. And but they were, and he didn't say them very loudly either. No, so it was hard really to hear tell what he was saying. Yeah, and I'm thinking, are you trying to do an accent? I'm like. John, you're a better actor than that. The, you know, it, you're not going to be an actor who can try. You can nail the accent, and um, and then when he got more lines, then it was more of his natural Australian accent. But uh, yeah, and he's got a yeah, definitely alternate vibe, just with a fiercer haircut. Yes, <laughs> he's got like a military cut practically. Yeah, but I think I that was the I think that was the squee heard all around the world when he stepped oh, yeah. out of that gas station. You know, it took me like a few seconds. I was like, wait, what? 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 Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Because you would. But I'm like, you know, we, we've seen Thomas Jerome Newton. Yes. And that's what I thought the drop of blood that Ash was touching was something that he had fixed his face like Brill did. Right. You know, several episodes ago. Uh, we had Thomas Jerome Newton. Who's a, we had one or two others. So, you know, you, you, I, I, but I still don't think any of us would have said one of the three main characters of Fringe. 
is going to show up on this show. Right. I don't think we would have seen Season like Tom. Two, I need Anna Torv. Yeah. Oh, please. <laughs> oh. Please. I want to see Anna Torv. That would be so great. Um, yeah, I think that was the squeer heard around the world. It was like, yep. oh my God. So we'll move on to our next group of pieces as Brian notifies them that he will get the end use to disarm the piece of debris. And Jordan says, yeah, I'll see if I can recalibrate them. Oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> oh, crap. Sorry. I just, little pollen. Sorry. Oh, crap. Oh, I'm sorry. It's that time of year. Cut back to Maddox, who tells Irina that he can't let her go with the case that he brought. You going to kill her right there? I know, but there's another door you can go through. I'm like, what does that mean? Exactly. Is he trying to use debris on her? Yes. Literally? I think so. I truly do, as he's planning on making her go through a piece of debris. The one that he slides the chair through? Yep. But that might end up bringing her right back. Other reality one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That could be too. (laughs) Oh my gosh, now there's more questions. I know. (laughs) Uh, George tells Fanola that the NUs were a distraction to get time alone with her. Uh Uh-oh. Yes, this can't be good. Nope. No. And he wants her to try to move the piece. And she looks at him like, are you nuts? <laughs> How about we don't touch the thing that, you know, yeah. could kill us? Yeah. We're not supposed to. Fortunately, we haven't been affected yet. Touching That's the big word. <laughs> exactly. George says it won't hurt them, and he touches it. Mm. A little more prodding and a little more prodding, and finally, Fanola touches it. Not good. Nope. She seems to have some kind of a realization, but it's very brief, so we don't know. I think it maybe she was a realization, or maybe she was just surprised she touched it and nothing happened to her. Right. That, that could have been it, too. Oh, that would that would make sense. Like, she's expecting something horrible. Yeah. yeah. Which it, it very well still could be. Mm. <laughs> no, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he tells her that the piece now weighs the same as a large building. Because of its psychic connection to the crowd, and it can't be moved. Hmm. So, of course, the only way to be able to move it is to break the connection. Unfortunately, there's a drawback. Uh Uh-oh. The memories of everyone in the crowd will be wiped completely as a result. Oh, crap. And you kind of go, this is (laughs) really sucky. I was like, how do you know that? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's uh, when, like, I definitely started looking at George totally different because his whole demeanor changed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And isn't it interesting? And we'll get into this when the actual big thing goes on, you know, that happens that Otto turns on. But isn't it interesting that when we were having those resets during the two Icarus episodes, that except for Brian. Who's, who seem to have some thread of remembrance going through all the reiterations. Right. And then Fanola kind of did too, that everybody else's memories were wiped. And now here's, you know, along with how does he know that, you know, the, the bad side effect is all the people here, all the people, the crowd, 
their members are going to be wiped too. Isn't that interesting? Yes. Very. Hmm. Yeah. This was the piece. It wasn't location of all the pieces that Influx wanted. It was this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we can start going around and wiping people's minds. Oh, that'd be a good way to get rid of every government in the world. Men in black much? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, just look at the little light right on the end of this stick, please. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now, George thinks the link must be broken to move the piece, but of course the memories will be wiped. Damn. Still not sure how he knew that. Yeah. Mm. And he and she can't do anything about it. And you kind of go, well, damn, you don't have much faith in what your daughter can accomplish. Now, do you? I'm right. His attitude. Yeah. I didn't think about what she could accomplish. I thought he was being a real smart aleck. It's like, you can't stop it. You know, like, (laughs) you know, Nanner, nanner, boo, boo. You know, I was like, yo, dude, you know, it's like you can disagree with your daughter, but what's this snappy turtle crap you're pulling now all of a sudden? Right. And that that's what I kind of thought it was. It was like now he's kind of like verbally slapping her into place. Yeah, you know, like that's that's a good way to put it, Terry. You, know, you can't do anything about it. I was like, damn. Well, and when she actually questions him about it, all he has, all he can come back with is there's no time. Well, what do you mean? We've been here two hours. What do you mean there's no time? Yeah. Well, certainly he's not a time lord, so we no. can't say that's... <laughs> so, so that's not the reason how he knew that about the piece of debris. So, yeah. And then he gets all... Oh. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> Influx is on their way. What? Yeah. What do you mean they're on their way? How? What do you, what do you know? Oh, I called them. What? Oh my god, I was so pissed. Oh, oh yeah. me too. <laughs> but talk about a mic drop. Yeah. That's one way to stop a conversation. Absolutely. Today, boy- Today, boys and girls, Sesame Street was brought to you by the letters S, O, and B. <laughs> <laughs> so George begins speaking like influx. Of yeah. course. Yeah. I'm like total villain monologue coming. Oh yeah. Putting the pieces <laughs> in the hands of those who will use them for good, not governments around the world. He believes that this piece will cause humanity to ascend to a higher plane of consciousness and thought. Yeah, that that had a Twilight Zone feel. Yeah. Or Outer Limits or something. And see, when he, the first part of it, which was just like Influx. Right. You could see before he killed himself, George thinking that, and that's why he left and why the pressure got too much and he felt he had to kill himself because he wanted to be more scientifically curious about the debris and to study it and to learn from it. So you could see a part of the original George thinking up to that point, which is, you know, parallel to what Influx members have said. But then when he goes into this ascend to a higher plane, I was like, okay, here we go. Timothy Leary is on the line. <laughs> well, and I still think that that was still part of the scientist in it him. It could be. Absolutely could be. But I definitely, and because of what Maddox did to him, because mm. he was in charge and all of a sudden he was out. Yep. Yep. 
But so, that yeah, whole I mean, thing when he was explaining that he killed himself so he can be reborn is like what? Yeah, yeah. now that I'm not sure I'm buying. <laughs> now, that un- was unless, way out there. Yeah, that was that was the thing that kind of made me go, now wait a minute. Is this really George or is mm. this a clone <laughs> that's had a memory dump? And some more modifications to where it's George-ish. <laughs> yeah, because it just got sure. weirder when he, yes. when you know she's trying to be like, well, you remember me finding you? No, I knew you were coming. You just came too early. What do you mean? Yes. What does that mean? Exactly. And I'll- see, that reminded me back to the... Um, I think it was the first of the two Icarus episodes where everything was bleeding together so much that the one assistant to Finola was saying, call your dad. She says, well, he uh, he died. Right. I can't call him. He's like, oh, my God, I just talked to him yesterday. And that's when all the different realities were starting to collapse in on themselves. And I thought this was kind of the same thing. Don't you remember? Tell me, you know, she's like really adamant. Tell me you remember that I came and found you, which is right. what we saw yes. on the show. That's And he's like, no, no, I, I killed myself so I could have a rebirth. And then out of nowhere, hungry, and I decided, yeah, and I decided to eat the mushrooms, and <laughs> I'm reborn now. Yeah. So. Out of nowhere, Otto and the Influxers appear. And you go, <laughs> okay, what the hell? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how they got past Brian. Exactly. And how They're, long has this been going on that Brian isn't like, something's not quite right. Right. Yeah, they've been away for way too long. I don't think I would, seeing that he was already getting suspic- suspicious of George, there's no way he would have let them spend that much time together. No. But I guess, you know, G- George is figuring, you know, Brian's going to be investigating all the people in the crowd. And you figure that could end up keeping Brian busy because more people keep coming. Right. So he's then got more people to go kind of like wave his hand in front of and then go to their car and look for ID. I mean, names. In- yeah. So he's going to be busy for a while. And it, But still, again, if there's only one way in, I agree. How did the, they get past Brian without him noticing? Maybe they blipped in and out like they did the beginning of the series. Hey, but oh, now, I didn't even think about that. Car, too. So. Yeah, well... <laughs> Yeah, all all those uh, boxes that they had with them, too. It's like, seriously, where did you come from with all of that equipment? Yes. (laughs) They probably swallowed the little car that they were in. I know. (laughs) At the gas station, at least. I think that was a much bigger car when they got there. Oh, look at you with time and spatial displacement. Good boy. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. It's bigger on the outside. Exactly. Now, of course, they capture Finola, and as one of the guys is trying to get Finola's phone, Brian calls, and of course, Finola tries to yell, but they muffle her before Brian can hear her. Jerks. How did he not hear it? Yeah. Yeah, true. Well, and why didn't Brian question... Hey, I called Fanola's phone. George, why are you answering Fanola's phone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But George tells him, oh, we're going to try something else. Oh, are we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, are we? I ain't going to tell you what, but we're going to try something else. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah, just monitor everybody. It's like, what? Come on, Brian. You're smarter than this. I mean, why? Yeah, why wouldn't Brian, you know, like, Finola questioned why the call was coming from Garcia's phone. Or no, she was calling Garcia, and George picks up. Right. So she's questioning George, how did that happen? So now we're seeing uh, Brian, um, you know, with a, it's Finola's phone. He's calling, but George picks up her phone. And, you know, wouldn't one of the questions would be, hey, oh, hey, George, you know, be a little surprised and, you know, fill him in and say, can I speak to Finola? Is everything OK? And he didn't go there. He just, no. you know, he's checking in and George is like, well, the end use didn't work. We're going to try something else, which is not an unusual excuse. And Brian's like, OK. And again, like I said, he's he's got more people, I'm sure, coming to that quarry site and that's going to keep him busy. And George knows that. Of course. Yeah. And so. then we see George and Otto take a little stroll down to the people. Why didn't Brian see them? I don't know. Yeah, good question. And George lets Otto know that the telesphere. We have a name. Ball of light. <laughs> I wonder if that's for teleport or tele something else. <laughs> Was born yesterday in a pocket universe inside orbital and Whoa! may have triggered the debris. Whoa! I'm squeeing! Yes. Oh! <laughs> pocket universe inside orbital! <laughs> well, of course, they were trying to weaponize it. Doesn't surprise me a bit if they didn't create a pocket universe. And George just doesn't know where it is and hasn't seen any reports of it. Interesting. So was he able to track it at all? No, apparently not. Because like, originally, because I couldn't remember if he said he was able to see anything. No, I think it was just because of what Finola told him. Oh, okay. And that device before he left the building was to track the piece of debris. Right. But not to track the not to track a pocket universe. But when he said that, I was like, "Oh, now we're getting weirder inside weird." Right now, now we've got a pocket, at least one pocket universe. Cup of soup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, you know, one at least one pocket universe into inside this whatever number reality that we're in. You know, whatever reboot we're in. So right. Oh boy, I, my legs are like shaking right now i'm all excited so, otto and the influxers start setting up their own equipment and otto mentions this should be quick he seemed really happy yeah. with how he explained what was going to happen to oh yeah yeah yep. just kill him immediately probably yeah. brain hemorrhage and i'm like what is with that smile yes <laughs> I was like, oh my god alternate all over again oh it had such a creepy vibe yes it did <laughs> and we get a little piece of george again who says no no we can't do that do it slowly so they'll only lose their memories what was it i think kind of mad like Ugh, yeah I want death and destruction 
<laughs> yeah. I think George called it like wean them off the bottle or something. You're right. Yeah. 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 And, and I, you think about it, all these people have a significant other and a young child. Mm-hmm. Having their memories wiped might actually turn out worse for their family than killing them. Oh, sure. uh, yeah, especially because they all had new new babies. Right. And if you don't remember any of that, are you going to believe this person that says, oh, I'm your husband or I'm your wife and here's our child? No. Well, that'd be, yeah. That'd be like anybody with amnesia. Yeah. They don't. No, you're not. Yes, yeah. I am. No, you're not. Yeah. So. I don't know you. Right. Yeah. That mm-hmm. would. Yeah. I think personally, I would might choose losing somebody over having their memories wiped. It might be a, it'd be horrible to to have a loss, but it's horrible to have them and then and lose them at the same time. Yeah. Well, it'd be like somebody even with Alzheimer's. They're right. there. Exactly. They're there. You can be physically standing or sitting right next to them, but that person is not there. No. Yeah. So I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And <laughs> so they force Fanola to take a capsule to protect themselves from the mind wipe. Oh, I love this because George is like, I'm not going to lose you again. Right. Uh, excuse me? You sure. were the one who did what you did. It wasn't Fanola. Exactly. But you immediately may. I'm like, uh, wait a minute. What about Brian? And Twitter was freaking out. Yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Collateral damage. No big deal. Yeah. What? He'll yeah. just have to be. A, he'll just have to be a sacrifice. What? I was so mad. And I was like. Just incredibly mad at so many characters at this moment. <laughs> so Otto drops his goggles down over his eyes and turns the device on. And we see an electronic pulse shooting out and we see Brian see it. And you kind of go, oh, crap. And yeah, here it comes. <laughs> and it passes through the crowd. And everyone collapses. That kind of reminded, it wasn't quite the same special effect, kind of reminded me of when the debris in the water in the Icarus episodes got activated. You kind of saw a different kind of like pulse go out. Right, yes. Then the camera would show like a reset of the scene. So, but this one was actually like physically going through people. That This was the only difference, but no. And as soon as Brian collapsed, I was like, Oh crap! You know, and I'm—I completely in in just that short a period of time, I completely forgot. You know, they were going to like have their memories wiped, and when I see the whole crowd, including Brian, collapse to the ground, I was like, Otto went and turned that knob a little right, extra. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, turned it to full like, power. I'm not letting George tell me what to do. I'm gonna hit this sucker. You know, and damn. He hey, he had like a big in you. Yes. My NU is bigger than your NU. <laughs> <laughs> Almost reminded me of the um, the uh, the capsules from Fringe. Right. Even though they... I just kept thinking licorice. <laughs> licorice. I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't want to take that either because it looked like a piece of black licorice. Right. Yeah, I don't know what that was. It was creepy. Well, it looked a little bit more palatable than the things we saw them take to blip. Those looked like little pieces of metal. Right. 
that they had to ingest. This looked like something you actually could at least swallow <laughs> without your throat being ripped out. Yeah. I don't know. I see. I'd be screwed because I cannot take a pill at all without something to drink. So yeah, I'm like, guess I'm getting wiped. <laughs> yeah. Nice knowing y'all. Chewable, or you got it in liquid. That's all I'm saying. Well, just think of the positive. Then you can like binge on any show you want and see it from fresh. Right. <laughs> Got to look at everything positive. Over yeah, there you go. Again. There you go. So, um, so uh, we go to our final piece of uh, debris, pieces of debris, and everyone in the crowd does come too, including Brian. Uh, what kind of shape are they in, though? Now, remember, they're supposed to wipe their memories. Brian, again, like the Icarus episodes, he remembers enough to approach them where Influx is with his gun. He can't get his arm to raise it, but if his arm would work, he would raise his gun towards oh, them. Yeah. So so there's a something going on in his head that still allows him to keep his memory. And I think uh, Otto even mentions to him, you know, how can you still remember right. anything? You know, so uh, he collapses right there in front of them, and Fanola goes to comfort him. Uh, it was like, oh, crap, you know. And then Otto asks him, you know, how do you remember? And then looks at Brian, demanding, you know, Brian look up at him. And he goes through this speech and calls Brian the third man. This is something that I was very, you know, cryptically addressing earlier in our show here. Right. And has done a great job in hiding his identity. Hmm. I just kept saying, what? 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 Yeah. Something that. Yeah. And again, Twitter. That was pretty much like about five minutes worth of Twitter. All you scroll and you kept saying, What? What do you what? mean? What's the third man? What's going on? It's like, yeah, we were all on the same page of, huh? And I thought, was he the third man to actually face Otto, or was he a third man who belonged in Influx but wasn't in it anymore? You know, what exactly did you mean, Mr. Meanie? <laughs> And so Otto takes his hand out, like you said, uh, Sean, about putting his hand out and forward. He does his hand over Brian's head and does some sort of number. Uh, and Brian gets this massive uh, Tylenol ain't going to do no good headache. Right. And so I had put down maybe he was manually wiping his memory. We don't we didn't see enough of the episode long enough to see. But is that what he was doing? I kind of have a feeling that was what he was trying to do. Yeah, you know, but he actually kind of, I think, didn't he say real smarmy, you know, it was nice or a pleasure to meet you or something or other. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, real nice to meet you. Yeah, right. Drop dead too. Have a nice day. So uh, Finola refuses to go with George and in Influx, you know, and he had said didn't want to lose her. And I'm thinking, well, you may have lost her already, pal, you know, just yeah. in, in this, you know, like. If we get a second season and if Finola is still like, well, I know oh, my dad this and I'm, I'd be like, oh, please. You know, he's not on the same team anymore. The quarry should have shown you. Yeah. So he keeps demanding you belong with me. You know, and then, earlier he had said about having to push you in the pool and maybe doing things the hard way is the best way for you. You know, being real smart. And Finola. Oh, so angry with uh, him me again. Too. I know that got me boiling again. And Fanola ain't buying the bull, and she looks at him and says, her father died six months ago, and he's not her father. Boom! 
I was like, <laughs> good, good. But then I'm thinking, wait, what if she's right? Yeah. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So, uh. That's kind of what I was saying earlier. Yeah. So, uh, so George leaves, none too happy. And then he stops and turns and says, this technology will be free. Okay, that's nice. Not until Otto figures out a way to stop him. (laughs) So is Facebook, and look at the crap that is. So anyway, um, so Brian now, we find out, Brian tells Finola. And it's funny that he's telling her this, I thought, after Otto tries to do the number on his head. Right. So at least... Trying to wipe his memories, I think, would be correct, because Brian is saying that he was injured at a debris event with two other men. We've seen one of them, of course, Garcia, and the one that was mentioned in the the credits that most of us don't see because they're going to the local news, Ming. Ming. So it was him, Garcia, and Ming, and they all got injured at a debris event, and he's been taking shots ever since to stave off any possible side effects. And she was like, "Which? what side effects? He says, I don't know, maybe none. Right. Uh, that that really had me scratching my head. So we had talked about it at some point in the season. It's like, okay, is Maddox just giving him something to keep him compliant? But now it's like, wait, what did Maddox know? Right. Well, this seems the most real with him explaining the shot and being that Otto said the third man, so there's three of them. We've seen Garcia. I think Steve's guessed that, you know, the the Sandy Buzzy guy, uh, you know, Peter Pixel, uh, is Ming. And that's what happened to him. You know, that was his effect. So it it would seem that nothing seems to happen to Brian except he's got a scar on his chin, big whoop. So maybe, in fact, that is correct. But it, again, are we, I don't think we are, in the back to version one reset. No, I don't think so either. And of course, we've seen them put Brian through an MRI machine. Yep. But we don't ever see the results. The scans, yeah. Right. So I think there is a piece embedded in him somewhere. Well, yeah, because like, they did say something about the scar on the chest, so right. maybe mm-hmm. maybe not as me- much as Ash. Right. <laughs> Hopefully mm-hmm. not, but maybe. God, Ash has got it all over his torso. Holy crap. Um, that was by choice. But it seems like, like I said, this seems, could be, seems to be correct because Brian seems to have no ill effects. And so Garcia has the Michael Jackson thriller eyes, and then if in fact this is Ming who's walking on the side of the street all pixelated, then that's what happened to him. So that would make sense. But again, is this actually what's making sense, but still in an, you know, in a non-original reboot? You know, that's the question within the question. So he also notes, and this I thought was really interesting, he said, this is the first time something's happened because of that debris event. And I wasn't quite sure, maybe you guys had a feel. I'm like, so what do you mean this happened from the debris event? Because Otto mentioned the third man because he says, I don't know who that guy is. He doesn't recognize Otto. Right. So is that the reason you guys may have inferred that he's saying this is the first time it happened because of that debris event he got injured? Because that's what Otto said or something else that happened? The pulse that knocked yeah, everybody I out? I think the reason that he survived the pulse 
or had a different reaction because yeah when the other people woke up they just stood up like normal yeah but they didn't have any memories where brian may still had his memories but physically he was having problems walking yeah, almost like he had a stroke or something. Like right. his whole right side wasn't working. Yeah. Yeah. So See, I yeah. was thinking it was more because Influx didn't know about the whole um, Asala thing. You know, that Brian right. has had something happen, like specifically mm. reach out to him from the debris. So that's why Otto's thinking oh, this is the first time it's happened. That's it. Because he doesn't know everything, which, right. in fact, then for Brian, this would have been more like the third time. Yeah. <laughs> See, and that would, yeah, that's interesting. I like both of those ideas. I, I think both of them could work. But see, then I would say, well, then why didn't Brian come to that realization after the two Icarus episodes? Because his memories, as each reboot happens, seem to kind of still stick around from the previous reboots. Because and, we don't know which version of Brian this is. But that's the thing. Yeah, and that's the thing. So, yeah, I like both of those. Yeah, because I was that was I was kind of sitting there going first since first thing has happened because of that event. Uh, what? Yeah, you know, I was a little confused on that. But I like the fact that we heard who Ming is because we mentioned we heard Ming's name I think twice in two different uh, you know post credits uh, voiceovers. Right. So. Um, so anyway, uh, Otto and the Influxers, I got all their records, by the way, as they're driving away in, the, in their too small of a car, they all see the Sandman, Busy Bee, Peter Pixelated figure walking on the side of the road. I and love that, the looks. Yeah. Because, was it, it was Ash, uh, Yeah, both George. Ash and Otto didn't even flinch. It was... I thought Ash had a weird look. Yeah, I didn't think so. I, I to me, he was about as stone cold faced as Otto was, but but George and the other guy just about freaked. <laughs> yes, I love the the look, and then they kind of look at each other like, "You've seen that, right? It wasn't that's not in my head, right?" Right. <laughs> and yes. Otto was just kind of smirking. Oh yeah. And I was like, "Oh my god, what does he know?" Well, and he's also and, a little. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean. This could also be another influx experiment gone wrong. Yeah, could be that. Yeah, if it's not Ming, it's definitely that. Uh, uh, an influx experiment gone wrong because as soon as that car passes it, it turns around to follow him. So yeah. this thing is going after George. Uh, yeah, yeah because when it turned around, there's definitely going after them for something and because yeah, george was so freaked right that makes well sense. that's the question was it going after george which would make sense because of what garcia the little tension between them when they met uh from the past uh or was you know he you know going after somebody else because remember when they're driving through that road that wasn't at leaving the antenna array which is where George left from to go to the quarry. They're leaving the quarry area. Right. And and they're on that road. So in those voiceovers, I think I think the second one of the two where Ming is mentioned, I think they say, anybody seen Ming? Is there any sign of Ming? Right. And I think there's a response of no. Right. I think, I think so. so yeah. So he could it be that he's just hanging around, walking along that road, maybe throughout the woods or whatever? 
Yeah, but I I still like that. That's got to be Ming. I love that. I think that makes the most sense. So, uh, especially with Otto saying the third man and yeah. and um, uh, Brian revealing that, um, I was still blown away that he revealed that after Otto did his head number on him. I thought that was yeah. interesting. Yeah, you know why? Why did Brian pick that moment? That was interesting. So. Um, Brian was injured, he says, with the two men, debris event, blah, blah, blah. When they see the Sandman figure, everybody's freaking out. The Sandman does turn around. And then after he turns around and starts going the direction the car was, he kind of phases out. He kind of, like, disappears. So is he teleporting, or does the visual effect kind of come and go? There's a question. Oh. Yeah, I think he's kind of phasing in and out. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Maddox comes home and he sees uh, Linda, the friend who went shopping on there sitting on the stairs. And she said, Julia didn't feel well, went upstairs to take a nap. So I guess she hung around, you know, to be there for Dario in case something came up. And uh, he goes upstairs to take a nap and just the music they were playing underneath. I was like, yeah. oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. no. <laughs> and she slowly wakes up. And is, once she's woken up, she like sits up and grabs Craig and they embrace, you know, and she's like, I almost did something I shouldn't have, you know. I was so freaking out. And I'm like, yeah. No. Yeah. And uh, as much as Maddox allows himself to show, you can see he's kind of like, oh, my God, thank God I'm here. Because uh, he doesn't wear a lot of stuff on his face, you know, emotion-wise. He has a couple of times, but not a lot. So um, he asked her to come downstairs with him. And it turns out that Maddox has activated the piece of debris that he got from Arena. Couldn't have been the one that he took from the warehouse because he would have already used it. Right. And he's activated it next to Dario and it's floating. And she nods to her to walk over to Dario. And Dario can speak. He says, Mom. And she's just about losing it, bawling her eyes out and just overcome. Yeah. What a moment. I was yeah. like, oh, he my lifted God. a tooth. Ton guilt brick yep. off of her shoulders right then and there. Yep. I love how she's not even questioning all the weird right. stuff yeah. in the background. <laughs> Didn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, like there's a mist, there's this floating piece <laughs> right. that yeah, she's that never seen before. Doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, look at it this way. If you saw the mist in your room and you see a floating piece, that's going to be your focus. But when your husband nods... And you go over to your son, and your son speaks for the first time in years after an accident that you carry guilt for that was your fault. You're going to forget all that other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. And just the way she played that, I was like, oh. Yeah. Mm. So uh, then, you know, then is any is um, I'm just wondering if Maddox's superior, who we've seen early on in the season, is he going to want an inventory of all the pieces and is there ever going to be a struggle about bringing that piece back? Just like uh, in Fringe, where Walter's wife doesn't want Walter to take alternate Peter back once he cures him. Right. You know, so is uh, Julia going to have a big thing going on about, no, you can't take that piece. Right. Because look what it's done for my son. And the government's going to be like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, they're going to be like, I don't care. You know, we got bombs to make. We don't care about one kid. Right. You know, killing people is more important. So then we have our wonderfully creepy moment. 
not as a big of a squee as uh, John Noble's appearance, but still squee material. Uh, we go back to the Arizona desert where we ended a few couple episodes or so back. And the telesphere meets the man who was sitting on a blanket, the Native American gentleman. And he looks up at it and he says, you've had a long journey. My name is Nakai. And he gets up, gets his blanket and walks to a cave. The telesphere follows him. And he meets up with Brill, Thomas Drone Newton, Mr. Multiple Faces himself. Yes. The one, who's, yeah, the one who's supposed to be the trusted agent, according to, um, oh, I just lost her name in my head. Fanola's boss. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's hiding out in the cave. Isn't this interesting? I guess that's to keep the sun from ruining his new facial work. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm melting. So, Brill mentions the piece of influx that they just took away from the quarry. And Nakai says, it's time. Oh, really? What? So Brill said, turns around and says, let's begin. Uh-oh, what are you doing now? Making, like, chicken pot pie? What's this deal? <laughs> much worse. And much worse. And the last image we see inside the cave, we see Fanola, or a Fanola, or Fanola A, B, or C, whatever, frozen in time inside a force field. Just like we saw the people in the warehouse earlier in the season when it was raining from debris. Yep. I, and then, I couldn't figure out what's going on. I'm like, is is she real? Is she not? What is this? I, I actually went back and watched the episode um, with the people in the warehouse when it was raining from the debris. I was like, is there like a visual clue in here? Right. Uh, with um, Fanola, and I didn't see anything. There was nothing there that was like, oh, maybe that could have been meant to mean she was taken over here. No, I didn't see anything like that. Right. So, but that's the last image we see, Fanola in a similar field, like the people in the warehouse when it's a raining, just standing there, you know, like, oh, I'm just floating. And that's where- It was where so it, weird. That was bizarre. Yeah. I mean, for, for the very short pieces that these two Arizona desert scenes have been, it's like- wow. yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> boom, right there. Yeah. And that's where we end. That's our cliffhanger, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> please tell us there's another season and please oh. do it soon. Yeah. Especially oh. if this was just supposed to be the origin story, the whole season. Well, oh then gosh. again, then again, even if it is, which origin story did we get? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, and what? So killing uh, me. Yeah. And the other thing that I'm thinking is this. The last thought I had just to kind of backtrack in the episode. When Otto sets off his like supersized NU thing, this pulse machine, was the pill that he gave that's supposed to stave off the effects merely to keep all of the influxers from passing out? Or did it in fact retain their memories? I think they retained their memories. That's what I thought. That's now what that I thought. Saying I'm, that, it's like, but I'm hmm. thinking, you know, could it be something else? Yeah, it, it's still. I mean, Fanola yeah. doesn't trust. Fanola doesn't trust influx, and now her dad has shown himself in cahoots. Right. And at that point, you know, if Fanola's got any wits about her, now she doesn't trust her dad either. Right. So if they're telling you, here's what this pill will do, this capsule or whatever. 
You going to buy it? Oh, hell no. So I know the thing was pointing out in a direction towards the crowd, you know, kind of like the Neuralizer in Men in Black. If you stand behind it and you got your sunglasses on, you know, right. it doesn't affect you. Yeah. So, but I'm just thinking, was the pill to keep from your memory wipe or was it so that you're, um, you don't pass out? Right. Or as I said on our Facebook Messenger when it was airing on TV, was that a reset? Yeah. Like we had in the Icarus episodes. Absolutely. You know, hmm. and George had Fanola touch the debris. What did that do to her? Maybe what it's all a way for him to clone? track her. Yeah. Hmm. Did it create the clone that we see in suspended animation? That might have been what had happened. Yep. Oh my gosh. Stop that it. What happened. <laughs> stop. And, you know, even, and even Otto was saying in the car. He was kind of like, I forget his lines, but he was kind of putting down that Fanola wasn't going to cooperate or she wasn't going to come along or whatever. Right. Yeah. You it know, and it wouldn't have worked out with that girl. That's what it was. Yeah. Not and like so, they had room in the car. I'm just saying. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Would they, where would they have put Fanola? Yeah. In the trunk. In a trunk. Strap her to the roof. <laughs> <laughs> or put her in the front of the car like that car commercial where the, the front hood over him and singing with the guy driving. You could have her sing along with the radio. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got the brains, you got the. Um, or yeah. just what it, it could also be one of the realities where, you know, they were supposed to meet Brill to take George back to England. Yep. And Brill might have just kept. Fanola for himself. That's what we were saying earlier in the season. Yeah. There was an instance of that. Yeah. But I mean, the thing is that why would Brill earlier in the season when he gives her that flash drive, the memory stick, saying Ferris knows more than she's telling you? You know, he kind of drops that little seed in her ear. Right. Yeah. Don't trust Before he zips off. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Stop it. (laughs) No, I'm not going to stop it because this is good stuff. You're killing me. I can't eat a lasagna whenever the hell I want. So I'm going to chew into this. (laughs) Bug off. Great. Now, until they mention season two, I'm going to be like, but what about this? And now this. I'm just going to be going down a rabbit hole. I guess it's time for some fanfic, people. Let's see it. I think, you know, I think her touching the debris could have created that clone. That could have been the point that happened. Yep. Um, oh, there was something else that I had just had. Because the did. rest, you know, we Otto hadn't gotten there until just after she had touched it. So Correct. there's no guarantee that the others knew that she had actually touched it. So if Brill's also working for Influx, maybe George is trying to... He knows that Otto's a very dangerous man, and he's just making sure he's protecting, you know, working two different angles here. Yeah, maybe he's seeing them as undesirable, but maybe a means to an end. Right. You know, and they've got, they verbally have told him such a spiel that he's kind of like, I don't like these guys, but I'm going to go along with it. Because he kind of actually genuinely looked none too pleased when Otto in the car was like, well, she never would have worked out. Then, of course, his attention is quickly turned by who we think is Ming. Right. You know, that that whole look on his face changes real quick. But, you know, um, yeah, I it could be that, he's, you know, maybe not so much burning the candle at both ends, but, you know, trying to, you know, maybe he's seeing that the government 
who could be a partner, is going to use it for the wrong reasons. He probably sees Fanola as only one person not strong enough to get all of the debris to be used for a purpose because she's only one person. Uh, and certainly CIA and MI6, extensions of two governments, aren't going to be any help. So maybe he sees the influx as, the, as that means to an end. So could it be that he's going to like ride along with them in the in the, the figurative car for a while and then jump out? Yeah. When he thinks the time is right. But then, of course, you're still riding along with influx, though. That's right. And that's not Brill being with Nakai could be something completely different altogether, too. Could that, yeah. <laughs> could that be like a whole other faction? Yep. You know, because you got the governments. I mean, because George and even other people have said governments around the world, because we were saying early on, at least the English and the Americans. Right. And the Russians the, and the Chinese. And then the Russians and the Chinese got in. Now the language is go, world governments are after debris and to use it for weapons. So we're, we've gone beyond the big four that have been mentioned throughout the season, which makes sense. And so it, 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 there's your one faction. You could say they're all different ones, but basically they're lumping them together. Then you've got influx. Uh, then you got George that's kind of standalone and now maybe standing with influx, and that's why he left and killed himself originally, because he saw what was happening. Right. Then could, then could Brill and Nakai, and I'd like to know more about this Nakai dude. Right, because the sphere went to him. To him, yeah. Like, he, he sat down and, and waited. Yeah, and went into some meditative state that basically called it to him. And what's the what was the pieces that he was saying at the end of the episode? The the different colors that I said. Some of them are like a Native American um, medicine wheel, and right, there was yes. one where he was saying they right. put the the metal piece in the ground, or uh, there was another piece that had to be put in the ground still, or something or other. And so this telesphere now is going to be this other piece, I guess. That's part of what we're assuming is a Native American. Um, uh, not legend per se, but you know, story, right? You know, um, mm, that's yeah, it just the whole oh man, it's like this is super bizarre. I mean, just it, it just had everything in it, right? This was like the end of a season of Fringe when we get that brief look at the red universe, and we just kind of go. <laughs> Or the Twin Towers at the end of season one. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. I think the pod God. dog agrees because she's over here whining. You're making her head going to <laughs> get to the point of exploding. She are can't you, even keep up with it. Are you putting your hand over Nix's head? Are you doing experiments on her like Otto? You better put your hand down, young lady. What the heck is this stuff? <laughs> well, we do want to mention a big shout out to... A person who gave us a five-star iTunes rating, T period SR95. I just wanted to thank you so much for reviewing Debris. I've been re-binging and shows like yours give me an outlet. Thank you. Well, thank you oh, for that. Thank you. Five-star thank you. review. Nice. Wow. And even though this is the finale, since you're listening to us, we totally want to hear your thoughts on this. And Yes. 
Yeah. Like, which rabbit hole are you going to go down, basically? Because there's a lot of them for this episode. Yeah, we want to know how you feel about the episode, because you've heard our thoughts. So shoot us an email at contact us at Zone because we'd love to hear from you. And while you're at it, please rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice, as good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us. Tell your friends about this show, and we do hope you're enjoying our podcast. For this episode of Falling Pieces, <laughs> I'm Sean Pangross with the Pod Dog Nicks, and we say there's so many rabbit holes we have to go explore. <laughs> and I'm Terry. Remember, never play cards with Otto, especially when you have to say, I'll fold. <laughs> and I'm Steve. It would have never worked out with that girl, not in any iteration. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.